It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert, and today I have on the podcast, Sydney Beer. Now, really quick, I called Sydney Cindy for the first two weeks of communicating. And Sydney, you were so sweet that you just today, right before our podcast, just barely said, oh, um, and by the way, my name is Sydney. <laughs> Not Well, you know, I'm just picking my battles with you. So. <laughs> That one I'm going to let slide, but watch out for other stuff. You're like, you can just call me Sid if you want, and you don't even have to worry about the knee part at all. So right. you can just say C if that's easier for you. Like, whatever. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll. So immediately I loved you because I'm like, that is so cool that you're just like, it. I don't even care what you call me. I mean, honestly, when I was a little girl, I'm pretty sure I said Cindy. So I can't even, it was hard to say, you know? Well, can you, can you really quick just tell us the story of how you got your name? Because you told me this before the podcast and I thought it was okay. so funny. I love that you say really quick because you and I, I don't think we're you really quick, talking. even though we talked for 30 minutes before this. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um. I, my mother, well, the, so there's more to the story. I'm going to try to go quick. I was born at the same time as a rival uh, farmer's daughter was my dad's rival farmer farmer okay because we are on a pig farm cotton farms and the guy named his daughter Lindsay, which was the plan name for me oh. and my dad said he did it he named her Lindsay. now we can't oh no so then there was a major problem because the name they picked out was no longer available so then they it took about three weeks but my mom came up with the name because she was standing in walmart one day because that's all our town had to offer and she saw Cindy Lauffer CD and she's dyslexic. So she saw this spelling by, by favorite and I. Yes. <laughs> and she was, that was the inspiration. That's when that word really comes from is a Cindy Lauffer CD in Walmart because we're high class people. Because you're high class. So Cindy Lauffer turned into Sydney. Mm-hmm. Oh, here I am with and here solid foundation. Solid. <laughs> solid foundation yeah honestly okay part of why people love you so much is because you are so open so authentic so genuine so funny so what started off as just a way to cope with postpartum depression turned into this crazy large following on twitter and instagram for you so you just kind of started sharing just what funny things like like let's just laugh about things let's just be open and real and then when did you start noticing like, oh my gosh, I have this many followers and oh wow, well now it's 10,000. Like once you get like the little blue check mark or whatever by your name, right? Like I don't have it. So you don't have the blue, why? You have like 98,000 followers. And they're just like, be funnier and then we'll reward it to you. Be funnier. Oh my gosh. Figure it out. Figure out how to be funnier. We'll give you that. What do I have to do for that blue check? And then but I still wipe ups. I still feel like a child of God without the blue check mark. So I'm okay. <laughs> Touche. I sometimes edit it in on my own. Just kidding. <laughs> we should start, like the big flat black one. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, like there it is. I'm fine. I'm the legit. Um, yeah. Um, so, so I better get through this. I better get through this, this bio because we kind of been going up on tangents. Okay. But you freely share your humor and struggles, which, okay, led to all the viral tweets, a paid position to write memes for other blogs and guest podcast opportunities, which you told me before this, you're like, I still don't know why I even come on podcasts. Like, why do you want, why am I someone? And it's because you are doing so much good. People love you. They love to follow you. They love what you write. They love your humor. It's, it's hard to find true authenticity there's the there's one influencer that she makes fun of the like fake authentic influencers which is mm-hmm. funny in and of itself but when people are like oh look at look at my messy house but really it's there's a sock on the ground right that's not you're not that's not anything so but but I think that's why people genuinely love to follow you is because you are just you are who you are there's no like this is my Instagram personality and this is my real one and anyway well, thank you. So, and and you're so funny because you're like, sometimes my husband, I'll post things and he'll be like, so, you know, like my coworkers follow you. So maybe, 
Maybe you don't need to share everything about us. Maybe. Yeah, he shouldn't say that. It encourages me to say more because it's funny. Because <laughs> it is funny. I'm like, does your boss know about that now? Know about what happens? Know about, about us and our wild night. I know. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, oh, I forget that people read this. And when right. I'm doing the podcast, sometimes I'm like, oh, I forget people listen to this. And because I just get talking like, you're just my best friend. We're just having, you know, our little diet Cokes at my house. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, maybe... When my husband will say sometimes to me, like, close your book, close your book, because I do. I share too, but but that is how I connect with the world. That's how I connect with people. And I love that. And and anyway, so you so you talked about how you grew up in a small cotton farming town in Arizona. Your dad still runs his pig farm there. And you in, in your bio, you say you're most happy. Tell me if this is still true when you are in the mountains listening to great music or taking a hot yoga class yeah i added hot yoga in there to like appeal to another audience so they'll think okay you want to expand i yeah okay like the girls that wear the wide brimmed felt hats i like whoever does hot yoga i just want you to know i've taken it a few times okay so now (laughs) now you're in with them now smart i'm a yogi now you're a yogi yeah not good yogi but so they've not to leave the class. Hot yoga. I did one hot yoga class with my husband and he loved doing it. And there were some girls in the class that were like in their sports bras. Right. And like, you know, they're just because they're because you get hot. So you have right. to strip down. So I was like, I was like mad at that. And I'm like, fine, I'm going to take off my shirt and wear a sports bra. And I know it, it was well, it was to kind of. It, 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 my husband said something like, oh, I'm glad you're you're wearing your shirt. And I'm like, you can't tell me what to wear. So I took mine off like to be mean to him, like just to make a point, like I yeah, can wear whatever I want. And you should. And then I was embarrassed the whole time. And my, you know, my four kids stomach was hanging to the ground. And I'm all, I should have kept my, I should have kept my shirt on. I shouldn't have done that. And then you I went ever gone back. I don't think that the one thing yoga really has helped me with because I did start taking it and I do love it for the first time in my life. I tried to take it a few times and it was too quiet, too slow. Yeah. But hot yoga flow, they blast really loud music and it's faster paced. And I paced and I love it. I love it. So that's different. Hot yoga flow. So you have to have the flow class. I guess. I'm sure that someone listening that knows the terms better than me is probably cringing, but it is called flow. Okay hot yoga flow and it's the best thing that's ever happened i can't do quiet i know my just too busy it's too i can't handle it yeah but i can do blasting loud music and anyway but i feel like um i've always struggled with just like accepting my body and how it looked but that class you just i've never taken time to be quiet enough to appreciate my body and i didn't love in the beginning the there's mirrors everywhere and i didn't yes. want to see myself but I also realized I didn't even want anyone to hear me breathe when they're like, breathe out loud. I'm like, I'm just going to hold my breath now that you said that because I how dare anyone hear me breathe. I don't want to ruin their space. And it's been such a beautiful road to open up to loving my reflection and loving the way my body moves and that I'm breathing. And just like at the end, when you just thank your body for the experience, it's new to me. I'm closer to 40 than 20. And I feel like the first time in my life, I am appreciating my body and loving it instead of trying to beat it up to be something it's not. And it's been really beautiful. Cool experience. It is so beautiful. That it, Do you have a studio for those that are listening in Utah that you like to go to? I just go to Lifetime Fitness because I already had a membership there. Awesome. But there's several locations that do it. That is awesome. I should try it. I should try it again. Try it. You can come along. I'll take you with me. Oh, that sounds so fun. Because I'm, it's funny that I'm, I've, I've never, I'm kind of the opposite. I've never had issues with my body really ever growing up. And I just, I never even thought about it. Like it wasn't, and then a little bit in junior high because I was super skinny. And so the boys would, you know, so my nickname was chocolate chips, if you can imagine why. I didn't have any dough up there. So it was just chocolate chips. And the boys looked at that. And it was so embarrassing. And and then finally I get to high school and all of a sudden like I develop and and I'm like a woman now. And I have, you know, the correct body parts that women have. 
And I never had those. Some, some, some don't ever get the dough. <laughs> some to stay. Some have to buy them. I don't some have to buy buy the dough. It's not homemade. <laughs> well, and I, but after I had my fourth, especially, and and all through pregnancy, I'm just like, this is what my body's supposed to do. It's beautiful and accept it. Mm. Then after my fourth, and I didn't exactly snap back the same, and and now things just you know, hang a little bit differently. I, I, for the first time in my life, I've been like, I don't like this. And this bothers me and things jiggle more. And I, I've never dealt with this. And so I'm kind of the opposite of I'm, I'm still in this stage where I'm like, I don't like it. I don't like to look at myself. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do it. And, and, you know, when I do eat healthier, I do work out. I'm like, oh, I just seem, I just, my body's just like, we would actually just really love to stay at this weight. So it doesn't, and then I'll like go on strike and I'll be like, then I'm just going to pig out and eat crazy. Don't gain weight. I don't gain, I don't lose. It's just, it's just kind of the same thing. I gain immediately. I think of a burrito and I gain five pounds. I already know like, oh yeah. Just put it right on. Yep. So I, but I love, I, but I really love the idea of just thanking your body for what it does and being grateful for how it's serving you and and to look yeah. at yourself and be like, I am so beautiful and I love myself exactly the way I am. And I don't know why it's so much harder. I think men, they like to look nice and, and they have self-confidence when they look good too. But, but I'm like, but your body looks the same. Like it looks a little different since we got married, but it didn't go through the drastic changes of building humans inside of it, which, right. which mine did. So right. And you want to feel like when people post about how much they love their postpartum body, and they, they're they like, these are warrior stripes or this. Yes. That. I would love to feel that way about it. I would love to be like, I love who I am. Look at me. Here's all my cottage cheese. But yes. I don't feel that way. I don't. I feel, okay, my body, my body looks like it's been through quite a journey here. Quite a journey. Maybe a little bit yes. of a rough one. The van ran out of gas. Yeah. See? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But I think that the important part for me has been to be okay that I don't feel that way, that I don't, I, that it's like trendy and popular and empowering to love your body in a yes. stage. But if you're just, I, you have to sit with how you actually feel and be okay yes. with it. You have to it's sit true. and say, you know what? I am struggling with it. My C-section scar that I got from my last baby, you know, was, it was pretty traumatic delivery and they cut and then they had to cut again because she was stuck. And I wanted so badly to be like, this scar represents a life. And I bowled my eyes out. I am scarred. I look, my stomach hung over it. Um, and I think the most important step is to accept where you are with it and say, I'm struggling with this, but I know I can improve from there. But so many people try to gloss over how they feel and move forward, but that it's going to catch up. You're going to you're not, you're not solving the real problem. So sit with how you actually feel, accept that and love yourself where you are. And then when you actually love yourself enough, truly, you'll be able to move forward. That's oh, that is such great advice. And to let yourself feel the dissatisfaction and the, mm -hmm. be like, I, I am, a, I don't like this right now. And I, I am right. struggling with it, but then the hope of, okay, but I know it doesn't have to stay like this forever. Right. I know that eventually I can get to a place where I'm I love that about myself and it's okay or it's okay at least the very least like maybe I don't love the cottage cheese but I'm okay with it it doesn't it, the, it doesn't make me who I am it's just right it's just part of my body it's just right it's just legs right and not to mention it I'll be honest I kind of get angry at people that are like the perfect body doesn't exist because I'm like listen I've been chasing the perfect body since I was 12 and I'm just so sure I'm close yeah <laughs> let me have it <laughs> Let me have the perfect body. It's like, yeah, don't tell me it doesn't exist. That's all. Don't like, tell me that. It's for a long time. <laughs> Let me have it. <laughs> Let me have the perfect body. Well, and maybe there's a perfect body for everyone. It's like your perfect body be different than someone else's perfect body. Like I, I, there, I honestly do see women that just rock the bikini. They rock what they have. And I'm like, oh, I could never wear that. And I'm like, but why? And I, I wonder if it's the mindset or if it, or maybe, maybe it's a 40 thing. Maybe we'll get into our forties and that truly like the give a darn just is like, yeah, I've, I, it now that broke my, my give a darn for my body. And now I just am like, yep, I just love myself. Just however it is. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe it will. But I think that you have to address how maybe your own expectations you've created in your mind of how you're supposed to look or 
I I always thought magazines never got to me, but in the last few years, I'm like, you know, I think it did. I think it, it did totally. affect me. Yeah. Um, and I thought it didn't. I thought people's perfect post didn't affect me. I thought I was different, but maybe it does. Maybe and it does. maybe I need to be more careful about what I'm thinking. Yes. And pay attention to that and what I'm expecting. Pay attention to that to see if maybe I'm being unrealistic and too hard on myself because we should take care of ourselves. I of go to the gym every day. I love it. Yes. I started juicing wheatgrass. Like I am dialed in. Okay. You are totally dialed in. And then I ate a chimichanga last night to balance it out. <laughs> so that's all true. I, I am always so good. Like in the morning I wake up, same thing. I'm like, I'm going for my five mile run. I'm eating my, you know, whatever. I have like my kefir and my organic berries. And then for lunch and then dinner time rolls around. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make a normal meal. And then dessert time rolls around and I'm all, okay, five cinnamon bears and a few pretzel M&Ms and oh, <laughs> let's get some Twizzlers. And then the next morning I wake up like, oh no, okay, start over again. And I won't do that, but it is, it's hard. It's hard to be it's hard to be perfect and to do the perfect things. And, and you have to enjoy life. You have to eat good food. It's okay. You do. You have to love yourself. Really. Loving yourself is, means more than I think what we think sometimes. It means allowing yourself to have a lovely life as well. Yes. I love that. Loving yourself means allowing yourself to have a lovely life. That's beautiful. There's our a t-shirt again. There's our t-shirt. We've already had a few. What was the, what was the other one? Drink caffeine. What was it? What was it? It was like no caffeine, and we have ADD. I'd be okay. <laughs> yep. We forgot. <laughs> caffeinate, caffeinate, and it'll be okay. Or something through. Yep, and get through. What caffeinate and get through. Buy our shirt. It'll be okay. Yep. Buy our shirts. <laughs> Sid and and Car. We're gonna start a company. I would love to talk about your sweet husband. So Ben My, here is. I love him this week, <laughs> and you love him this week because why do you love him this week more than other weeks? You know, or do you not? We have both. I mean, we've been married for 16 years now. And he, I think the biggest, the best thing we've done for each other is allowed each other to have room for growth because we are so different than who we were when we first got married. Oh, yeah. And he, like, he had a, so many issues. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had none at all. No, I just, I, especially in the last few years, he's just allowed me a lot of room to grow into potential I guess you could say and instead of like digging up how I used to be or things I used to say he just allows me to grow and move forward and to be better and I love that he he'll he calls me out on things which I hate so much because I don't want to hear the truth I want to hear happy stuff right yep but he he's always been one to call me out on knowing he'll say I know your potential I know what you're capable of and you're not doing it bro <laughs> you're not doing it yeah and so I'm, I'm really grateful for that because if someone loves you enough to help you reach your potential you're pretty lucky to have that in your life and so he is so lovingly there to help me grow and I love that so let's talk quickly about how you met and then I want to address a post from May from your anniversary of this year that that you talked about and there's some really interesting and beautiful things that you talked about with your husband so how did you meet Ben Okay. And that's like my last post because I haven't posted since May. So I'm good. You have, you have it. Well, you had one on August 28th about this will always be my best work. And it's the TikTok. And it's so ridiculous. And it, don't watch it. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm still trying to figure out. I think you're at the Living Planet Aquarium of someone jumping on a killer whale or something. With free willy music. With free willy music. Yes. So that's where the magic happened. That's where the magic happened. Don't watch it, guys. Okay. Don't watch it like everyone else. Okay. You go back to the one where she's in the kitchen spanking her husband with the wooden spoon. This yeah, go to that. Let's talk spiritual things now with spiritual the spoon speaking. Okay. <laughs> yes. No. Okay. Let me Ben. Okay. Oh, were you going to say something? Sorry. No, no. Sorry. I did just meeting him. Okay. So here's how it happens. I was a very, very strict young woman. Um, my family, they didn't go to church at a certain time, but I decided that I would keep going. And I was very strict. I did all of the things by myself and I wouldn't date until I was 16. But then at 16, when I realized I probably wasn't going to ever get a boyfriend, I decided to not date longer. <laughs> So he was my first boyfriend, but let me tell you how we met to get there. In Young Women, we wrote a letter to our future husband, and I thought it was really ridiculous. My parents, they were on the verge of divorce already. And so I just, 
I just didn't care about it the way that other people did because I knew what it was like to be in an environment where true love or love was, you know, it felt more harmful than good. Yeah. And I, yeah. so I took it really serious and dating very seriously. And so I really didn't date and I wasn't even interested. So when we had to write a letter to our future husband, I just like rolled my eyes and I was like, you guys know nothing about life. I yes. do at 12 years old. I know it all. I know it all. <laughs> so uh, my letter said, I want you to have a cool last name. Sincerely, Sydney. That way I could have a cool last name. A cool last and name. And so it became a joke in that young women's. And all the young women leaders would tell me when a new elder came in, they'd say, there's an elder fig pin. There's an elder this. There's an elder that. And I'd say, no, no, that's not it. That's not it. And it was just an ongoing joke for years until one day, Julie Goodman said, Sit, there's an elder beer. And I said, What? <laughs> yes, that's the name. I'm going to marry them. I will be Sydney beer. I will be Sydney beer. Yeah, I'll be Cindy beer. Just kidding. <laughs> Sydney beer. And uh, Cindy beer. <laughs> Cindy Lopper, Sydney beer. Okay, I guess. And so then the day came where I actually met him and I walked into my friend's home and there she was. I could see it to this day, standing there with a yellow tie on, red hair, tall, beautiful. And I said, I don't care what that boy's last name is. I'm going to marry him. And my friend said, Sid, that is Elder Beer. And then the prayers and sacrifices started. <laughs> it was like, it needs to be mine. It's a, it's a pretty detailed story, but he did end up after his mission. He didn't really talk to me much at all. He swears that he kept a book of potential wife on his mission, a black book. Just little notes of like this Like girl potential wives on. that he had seen on his like, mission. Yeah. Like potentials to talk like you got of a playa like that. And that... Uh, Potential wife is on the list, and I've I've demanded to see the list to prove it because I don't think I was. But he's never showed me the list, so I think that he's just trying to keep our marriage fresh by lying. So <laughs> good for him. And by the list, he did come back to our hometown, and I heard that he came back. But the problem was that the same Julie Goodman told him that I was stalking him. No, <laughs> she didn't say that. She said. Do you know that cute little poor girl down the street? Well, uh, she wants to marry you. And she writes it in her journal every night. No, it was true. I did. But she, he didn't need to know that. That is not nice. <laughs> no. We talked about it since. There's forgiveness. Humiliated. I was like, I'm never going to church again. And then she's like, she called me and said, Sydney, he's in town. Go see him. And I'm like, no way. He already thinks I'm stalking him. I can't do that. But I did. Anyway, it's that it was my 15 seconds of courage in my life. And I was by then I was in college, my first year in college, and he his brother was at the same college. That's how that's happened. And I went and I knocked on his door that he's staying at. And he answered and he was as beautiful as ever. And I lied and said, My class was canceled. I heard you were in town. And I but I hadn't even gone to class yet. Oh, but then guess what? God made an honest woman out of me and the class had been canceled. No way. Yeah. Was that wild? That is totally wild. Oh, thank you for that. We went to lunch. We had Subway. And now, 16 years later, he's my first boyfriend, my first kiss. And he was. Yeah. Did you know? Did you know? Like when you saw him, you're like, okay, I want to marry him. Then you went to Subway. Was it pretty much mutual from then on or were there ups and downs and breakups? Or were you both kind of like, no, this is it. We both know this is it. Like how fast was your courtship and well, marriage? He, let's see, what was that? So uh, he was pretty well in soon after that. And then we got engaged pretty quick, like seven months after. But we didn't get married for a while. I was the one. I was so scared. I mean, my parents had been divorced and I didn't want, I was so scared. He was my yeah. boyfriend. Yeah. So I kept pushing it off and he was so patient. And then when I think it was like in March or the end of March or the beginning of April, I said, okay, I'm ready. Let's do it. And we just got married in May. The next, like we didn't do any, like our wedding was tiny, unplanned and perfect. It was just, oh. let's do it. I'm ready. And that was so, and then never looked back. Have you ever asked him, what made you wait for me? What made you Instead of be like, well, she's freaking out. Maybe I should freak out that she's 
so wishy-washy and she's back and forth and and, no, I, and huh. coming from a family that you know maybe wasn't the ideal you know right. and all that kind of stuff was he like what was his reaction to all of that was there ever any hesitation and how was he so confident well so he was the opposite of me and he had dated a lot so he knew what he wanted and that did fit most of what he wanted the black book yeah, even he he had his black book all wrong. And so there are certain things like I was super unorganized and I am like a scatterbrain. So there's there are some things and I hated working out. He loves working out. So we would go for a jog together and I'd hate it the whole time. And I'd like stuff my face with a brownie when I got that. You know nothing about this. And you'd be like, I actually don't know anything about this. Yeah. So, but it just, it fit and it felt right for both of us. But the timing just wasn't, I was, Ben actually from the start, he was an anchor in a lot of ways because I had to go through some therapy. There's some childhood trauma that I'd gone through. And I just, I told Ben was the first one I explained what had happened in my childhood, which was, if, should I say trigger warning? I went through some child sexual abuse for a few, for lots of years in my childhood. So when I told Ben what happened once, like we had been more intimate, kissed and stuff like that, and I was not doing okay, he helped me to get a therapist, go and talk to the bishop who was an angel. He helped, he set me up on that with a therapist. And so I wasn't ready because I wasn't ready. Yeah. And I, and I think he, he just was so supportive through that whole journey and it was the right decision for me to go through some therapy before I got married and so I'm really glad that he stayed by my side while I did it oh well what an amazing man to notice and instead of like blow it off or it's not a big deal to then help you through that and and say no let me we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna help heal you and I think if there's any listeners that are listening that have experienced it any kind of trauma or abuse growing up, sexual, physical, emotional. Oh my goodness, like therapy is, it, it can save your life. I mean, it, it it really can. And there's such a stigma, something like, oh, therapy, therapy. And I'm sure that was really scary for you to go into that and be like, am I going to have to talk about everything? Am I going to have to right. dive down into these waters? Yes. Because I only told, I didn't give them details. And so that yeah. this was the first time I gave details. That you had openly and it was sorry I didn't know if people would think I'm lying I didn't know you know there's so much fear there I had it I have pushed it down so much but when it comes to the therapy also I would say that I did talk therapy first and I hated it it was not fun <laughs> and it didn't feel like it helped it yeah felt like it did it helped to the degree of getting out the poison there was poison yes. inside and letting it go and yes it out yes um, was really important and so that was the first step. And then I pushed it off for years and I actually quit. She, I, I had one bad session and I hated and I left and I never went back. And I just pushed it back down again until postpartum depression, wrapping back up to that. I guess that if you postpartum depression can bring up past traumas that are un, um, resolved. Unresolved. Yeah. And so it not only was postpartum hard, but I and I didn't know it at the time, but it was bringing up past traumas that were unresolved. And so it was just really, I told Ben, I said, it feels like God is, or it feels like I'm a pinata and God is trying to break me open right now. And Ben said, that's because there's so much good inside of you. And I'm like, oh, what a perfect thing to say. So, and I mean, I just would like to clarify right now that Ben has all of his issues too. He's not perfect. So I don't think it's a lot to you. I just want everyone to know. <laughs> yeah. I just want everyone to know that he's not perfect. Yeah. He's not no, perfect. but he's good. But he's good. At, he yeah. sounds very good. And yeah, after a good man, did you go back to the same therapist or a different? No, no, I just started. And I actually talked about this the first time, like two weeks ago on my Instagram stories only, because it's something where I feel like maybe it will help people, but I have to be brave enough to talk about it. And I ta- I opened up about it a little bit that I started EMDR therapy. So I know that's a thing these days. Yeah, where I have a friend that's doing that right now. And it's, she's like, it's, it seemed, it seemed kind of wacky or kind of different, but it has, it has helped her so much. So why don't you explain for those that are listening what that is? 
So EMDR therapy, I say it's a distraction therapy. When you've had a very traumatic experience of any kind, it that memory or that event can truly take over your emotions and your feelings and really rule your life. And then you spend all of your energy pu- pulling down. My therapist explained it like pushing a beach ball into the water. If you try to hold a beach ball down in the water, that exerts so much energy and it keeps trying to bust, like come back up, right? Yes. And you maybe be able to keep it down, but you keep trying. You keep trying, but then then you're exhausted. Exactly. But I, in the last few years, was just getting really sick all the time and I was getting really inflamed. I was getting depressed and some of the postpartum depression feelings were coming back up again and I was so confused. And it took that beach ball basically bursting in my face to make me do go and take care of it. And that distraction therapy helps you to go back to those very traumatic events and face them. But you feel safer. You feel more in control of the event. And then you, and it is like, you do feel kind of cheesy. There's like tapping Right. Yeah. There's different ways to do it. So there's little handheld devices that you can hold in your left and right hand. Yeah. And it will vibrate to the left, to the right, and it's activating your brain. So your brain's distracted because of the bouncing back and forth. Yeah. And then she or he, but your therapist will have you go back and maybe guide it if you want, or if you don't even want to talk about it, you don't have to say it out loud. You could just go back in your mind and you can then face it, bring it up with less emotion because you have a physical distraction that's going on the whole time right so your body is no use to pulling pushing it down but if you you know like if you're trying to push a ball down in the pool but your kid was yelling for you and you needed something then there's no way you could like if you're let's say your kid was falling in the pool you're gonna have to go and save your kid the ball's gonna come up yes yep drags you enough to go do something else that's more important and so that's so it's changed my life and truly it has and so I'm a huge I'm a huge advocate now of EMDR therapy or therapy because some people I've talked to on Instagram they love to talk therapy and it helped and there's other there's hypnotherapy which my therapist tried once and that's when I left I did not like it I was out yeah and I'm like I just didn't want to feel out of control no, that yeah. from there is already struggling with. Yeah. And so it was not for me. So I would, if you need or have been considering any kind of therapy, that if a therapist doesn't work, then try something else. If a style doesn't work, then try something else. It's not going to, it really does take meeting the right person. And yeah. I found my therapist was I prayed and I prayed really hard and I, I knew I needed to go, but I was so scared. And it was in, I remember it was in December, right before Christmas, and I was feeling lower than even postpartum. And I knew I needed to go to therapy. I just, I knew it. And then I told God that, look, I need help with this because I don't want to do it. And I need to be guided. And I was, I was 100% guided to her. And I didn't even know what EMDR was, but I read the word in her bio and it was, yes, do that one. And so I was guided to her. It was something I prayed about. And it took six weeks to get into her schedule. Wow. That was the longest six weeks because I did not. By six weeks later, I felt better because it's up. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to go anymore. And go so. back there. and be like, I don't want to. Yeah. Now I'm okay. Yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. So be okay with trying different styles. There's so many options out there and different things work for different people. But if you don't go address that. It's going to catch up to you. It's going to so catch up face to you. the monster while you're in control instead of doing what I did, which is try to hide from it until it caught up to me. How many kids do you have? Three. Was Did you have postpartum after each one or was it after no. the first or after the last or what? Last. The last. With my daughter, I had placenta previa. So my placenta covered the birth canal so I couldn't yes. that's why I had a c-section yeah and it can cause severe um, bleeding yes and so at 25 weeks along I I went to go check on my boys when they're just little all sleeping and I was up because you know when you're pregnant you're always up yep and I thought I peed my pants and I was so embarrassed I was like I just peed my pants like wobbled to the bathroom and it was not pee I it was blood and that was the journey the beginning of very hard experience for our whole family 
So I was in the hospital for about seven weeks before we had her at 33 weeks. And it was an emergency C-section. It was, it was pretty challenging, but we were like, we made it. We got through the hardest thing. Like we did yeah. it. She's okay. I'm okay. It's going to be like clear skies, but it wasn't. And it's really common for NICU moms or traumatic deliveries to have postpartum yeah. rage. I really did have like more rage than anything. I was a very angry person. And so after the delivery, then we went into postpartum as a family and it was really hard that I think it's, I don't, I would say it was the top hard because you just don't feel like yourself. And you, again, going back to feeling out of control, which is yeah. a nightmare. So, yes. So when you say rage, were you angry at yourself? Were you angry at your husband? Were you angry at your kids? Just at life, at God? Yeah. So uh, that goes perfectly into how much I just told you I love Ben because I actually asked for a divorce about 15 times at least. I hated him. <laughs> I couldn't look at him. I didn't want to be around him. And I've um, since learned that sometimes moms can't put that anger to their children. And so they put it on the other adults, the spouse. And that's why they feel so much rage towards them as they cannot bring themselves to feel that way towards the baby. Yeah. Um, so Ben got it. And I just could not handle him at all. I wanted a divorce. I asked for a divorce. I really hated him. So it was bad. But I since love him again. <laughs> Now you're back to loving him. We moved up. That's cool. You moved up. Honestly, guys, if you're in that place now, which I'm sure people are, you're not alone. And it's completely possible to have it be better than it ever was. Yes. Worse than it ever was. And that was only five years ago. And it is now currently the best it's ever been. That is amazing. I, I totally believe that sometimes you have to go really, really low in order to have the potential to go really high. It's like when you jump you know, if you if you were to jump on a trampoline or if you were to jump off a roof onto a trampoline, you'd go a lot higher from the rooftop height than, right. like, you know, if you jump from the grass onto the trampoline. And so sometimes you have to go really low, but then you have the potential to spring back even higher, even better, even, you know, more than you ever could if you don't have the trials and you don't have the difficult things and you don't have the hard times in your life. What did Ben, I, I want to know what he did when you were like, I'm divorcing you. I hate this. I hate you. I want to get out. Was he just like, there, there. Did he take you seriously or did he recognize, I know you're just saying that because you're not healthy or was he like, okay, I'll divorce you. You know, was he kind of right. like, sure. Um, so he, um, the first seven months to nine months of her life, he and I both were probably our worst selves that we've ever been. He never, thank goodness, didn't agree to a divorce. But he would say things like, you're getting us really close. Like, you're serious. Like, I'm starting to believe that you're serious. And and I mean, of course, he's going to feel that way because I, you know, there are certain ideas of how men should be. But the truth is they want to feel loved. They yes. feel needed. They want to yes. feel busted after. Yes. They have those things too. And I wasn't needing one of his needs. And, but at the same time, I'm like, who cares about your needs? You're a grown man, figure it out. I have to take care of these children and myself. Like you're big enough. You could do it. Make yourself a sandwich. You're yes. Like, right. Whatever. And so you have a lot of resentment. And I had a lot of resentment because when I was in the hospital, he did not do a very good job being there for me. And it was just really like, to me, I was like, well, then like, why are we even together? And yeah. He was going through his own things in his defense. He had just got a promotion and he needed to be at work and he like really fought for that promotion. And then as soon as he got it, I was in the hospital and he was trying to be stay at home dad and a promotion. And there was a lot going on. So it really challenged us and it really brought out the worst in both of us. And so uh, I think that we had to get to this lowest part of our marriage where we both really did think divorce would be best because it felt like it'd be easier and really face it honestly, honestly, that if we don't make a change, we are going to be divorced. It is going to happen. And then we're going to have to deal with the consequences from that, which will be very real. And there was a few things that happened, though, that one figured out what was going on. That was huge. <laughs> yes. No, I didn't know. We had yes. experienced or gone through postpartum depression yes. or an anxiety. Yes. And I thought it couldn't be postpartum depression because I wasn't feeling sad. Right. I was angry. Yeah. Furious all of the yes. time. 
And I had so much resentment. And so I'm like, this is a postpartum depression. This is just me being fed up with him. Yeah. But it wasn't that. And so, but it felt like that. And I didn't know. And there was one time in the postpartum experience that we were arguing and he was leaving for work and I followed him out to yell at him. And which I'm sure our neighbors just really love that time too. But I'm just, they're like, oh, close your doors, close your doors. Go yeah, they're like, the beers are outside again. The beers are out. <laughs> <laughs> Which they should have just brought us alcohol. And I'm like, get the beers and beers. Just go and um, just diet coke. Yes. Um, okay. But anyway, so he started driving away and my I had a thought of, I really hope he wins me over. And I caught that thought and I was terrified I couldn't believe I just thought that but then I suddenly realized how many times I had had thoughts like that that I wanted so I didn't ever have suicidal thoughts for myself I just wanted someone to do it for me and I realized that and I called him immediately and I told him I'm like I have to tell you this and he was like this wasn't healthy yeah like and they're in healthy thoughts and you recognize and you recognize that. Like, I love yeah. saying caught that thought. Like, oh, yeah. whoa, wait. But so many had passed by that I didn't catch. But it came back to me where I realized it. And nice. so it had been quiet and it had been building. And that was just the loudest one. And it scared me. So I yeah. told him. And he was like, call your doctor right now. And I said, I can't. And so I wouldn't do it. And then he did it. He called our doctor. And the doctor called me and got me right in. And that was the first step to get going and then from there there were so many things just to rebuild our marriage which was really hard it was super hard because in a lot of ways I I felt like still I felt resentment towards him yeah and I had said so many hurtful things to him yeah really bad and like I remember that President Hinckley once said in a talk that he never raised his voice at his wife and I was like oh dear (laughs) that's about battle Good for you guys. <laughs> We're happy for you. <laughs> I've read that and I've read where they're like, my wife has never raised her voice at our kids. And I'm like, oh dear. Uh, do you have a How do you do that? <laughs> do that. Like, are you sure? Do you remember? You are in your 90s. No, that's yeah, right. But you don't remember. But, like, you don't remember. <laughs> but really, I remember feeling that like that too. Like, oh no, I've already, I've already failed. Like I I for sure yelled at my kids. I for sure yelled at my husband. I've done both of those things. Right. Yeah, me too. A lot. So and he, you know, the worst part is Ben said something that was so hurtful to me, but I wasn't sure we'd, re- we'd be able to recover. He said once that I wasn't funny. Oh, ma'am, there's his dirty laundry. He said, <laughs> you, you know what? You're not that funny. You're not that funny. But you know what? We're over. We're done. We're over. We're done. Especially when you're like, funny is what I, but funny is what I do. Uh, that's all I have. Yes. Yes. That's horrible. And so every, I still bring that one up to him. I'm like, so are you saying that that was funny that I just said? What did you think that that was funny? funny? Remember how you said I didn't? I remember. January 28th of 2000. (laughs) (laughs) At 4.30 p.m. Yes. (laughs) Which I will probably remember. Anyway, it took a lot of forgiveness, real forgiveness. And it took a lot of not digging up the past. And a lot of that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's really that hard. really hard. It's really easy. And if you know they show one sign of something, you want to bring up the thousands of things that were similar. Yes, you can't do that. Yeah. So I had to make a decision to be all in or all. I chose as scary and unpleasant as it was because both were scary and both were unpleasant. Yeah. And I chose to be all in, and we rebuilt from there. Oh my goodness! And now. You guys have been married 16 years. Yeah. That's incredible. And this is incredible. I, I really loved so so on your Instagram, it's Sid Beer, C Y D B E E R. And I might have thrown an extra B E. Did I throw an extra B? B E E R. You said you talked about how you decided you didn't need love from anyone. You 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 could build a wall and from a distance I could live my life giving love, but never to receive it. And, and then Ben, you said, has been somewhat of a wall climber. Besides the fact we never verbally discuss it, I thought we had an agreement. I would serve and love. I'd provide touch and affection. He only needed to not love me. Like that, just, just don't love me. Don't look at me. Don't love me. And he said, yet yeah, for years, he's disregarded this. And he has only loved me. 
Together, we've completely ignored the fairy tale love stories and came up with our own version of what love actually is. We've had no fairy godmother. We've only had each other. There's no dragon for him to slay. Rather, his battle has been a girl who refuses to accept love. His sonnets are less fluff and more, I'm here to love you. I'm here for you to lean on. I will shout over your wall that you are brilliant, powerful, and worthy until you believe it yourself. I can't fight your battles for you, but I will and can remain right by your side while you do it. And I love that those two examples that you shared, number one of you need therapy and then number two of after postpartum, like, nope, you need to call your doctor that even in the darkest moments where he could have been like, yeah, peace, you know, maybe I will run over you. That's not funny. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heading out of no, I'm going to, I'm going to still in those darkest moments, I'm here for her and I'm going to love her. I love that your husband, when it counts, you are both there for each other. Even, yes, words matter, but actions, actions matter. And and even in, in your darkest times that you, you've been there for each other and you've worked through everything. And I mean, no marriage is perfect. No life is perfect. And I'm sure there'll be other things in the future you'll continue to work on. There are things I'm, day by day, you continue to work and improve. And Anyway, you said we've we've shared heartache, loss, pain, growth, bliss, and recommitment over and over. And 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 I love that. It you do. You have to just recommit, recommit, recommit to your spouse, your children, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or whatever religion or 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 spiritual, you know, whatever you're affiliated with, you have to recommit to those things every day. I I think every day you have to say what what do I believe? What's important? What is the order of operations? Okay, that's what I'm going to commit to. And it's a daily decision and it's a daily choice. And then it's really those little things every day that make up who you are in your life and what your relationships look like and 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 what you're dedicated to. I couldn't agree more. And to further that quickly, that is what both times have gone through the depression or anxiety that I've experienced with the postpartum depression and then just in the last year and a half of going through and revisiting childhood trauma and addressing it, there's the same thing has helped. And that is I have I have broken down everything in my whole life to four simple things. And I got to I picked them. I had too much on my plate. I couldn't do it. And I had to start saying no to certain things. And both times I picked just my faith and my fitness and my family. And then just something that was mentally positive for me, which has been writing, which is why I started writing in the first place. And so if it didn't fall into that category, it was a no. So I didn't, I honestly, I mean, and that's why I stopped Instagram in May is because that therapy was just getting too hard. And I needed to really commit, I needed to reconnect with God this time. Yeah. And I couldn't do both. And so... You have to figure out what are the staples, the foundation in your life, and you have to commit to all of those. But make it simple. Just have three or four things. And then if it doesn't work in that during your low times, if it doesn't work, then get rid of it. And it's okay. And they let that. And it was hard to let go of Instagram. I've lost followers. I've lost algorithm. I've lost a lot of those things. But the things that I have gained, you cannot... You cannot put words into that, that inner confidence and the inner peace that I've never had before that I have now. It didn't come from being too busy. It came from sitting still, feeling what I feel, addressing it, and prioritizing my life in a way that would really bring inner peace. So tell me what, besides, so now you're, you're, are you quitting Instagram for good? Are you taking a break? Where can people find you if they're like, oh, but we want more. We want to read more. We want to hear more. What are you doing? What are you doing now that you've, that you've taken a step back and are focusing on different things? No, I think I'm ready to get going again. I promised myself that I would clean out my pantry again and the garage. Oh my goodness. So I know that's so ridiculous, but I have a few things. I'm like, I have to organize this and I have to organize that before I fully commit again. Yeah. how to get my house in order before you get out right and so I have a few things I'm ready now to get back on but I have a few commitments that I absolutely have to do but I'm really excited to get back on Instagram maybe even TikTok and I wrote a book like five years ago four years ago that I'm actually going to finish and try to get out 
but uh, I'm going to push it off for a very long time. So I'm going to pull that back out and I'm going to work on it. So hopefully, God willing, there'll be some things that I can come up with that will be pretty exciting. And well, well and what you've done so far, just again, with, with sharing and being so open and honest with your, with your story. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I, there are so many parts of social media I don't like, and I get overwhelmed and I take breaks and I can't do it. And I compare and I feel like I, I have to do all of this. I have to have the organized pantry and the perfect hair and the perfect makeup with the perfect outfit. And I, my dog has to be taken to this certain place and have these behaviors. And my kids have to be involved in all these things. And then I have to be doing this for my husband. And then, oh my gosh, like the Pinterest calling, like perfect young women's leader. And you, you really can drown. You can drown in all of it. But when you take a step back and you're like, refocus, reset, then, okay, what really matters? And I think if, if there's, if, if there is good that comes out of the social media, it's that people can feel like someone else knows what I'm going through. Oh, someone else has been through that. And look, they've survived. They've gotten through it. And I can too. And doing it in a way that is funny and fun and relatable and yet real and open and, and honest. And you're someone that people love to follow and connect with. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that are excited for you to get back on and and start sharing things with them. And I'm excited for that book to come out. If you end up writing that, I will totally get your book. I totally, I'm so excited. And then I'm really excited for our t-shirt company that we're going to start. It's so, going to be life-changing. It'll be life-changing. You know, there's like all those like the do good and the like every day is like a ray of sunshine, but we can be, you know, we can say things like, I don't know, like my minivan's faster than yours. Totally. I love that. Yep. <laughs> My means better than yours. I don't, have to, I don't know. We're, we're going to think of things and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. But no, really, I've, it's been such a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you for opening up and, and sharing a little bit about your story and for all the good you're doing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. If you'd like to hear more from Carmen and get brand new full-length talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers like John By the Way, Meg Johnson, and Hank Smith, you can exclusively inside our Turtle House. And when you join today, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode next week.